Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. All right, let's kill that music and get to work. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the... I could probably cut this out, and it could be more professional, but let's roll with it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 148th episode of Perception is Reality. I, of course, am your host, Christopher Bilbrey. We are also joined by co-host Amber Green. Uh, We have a pretty good show for you where we're actually going to be disagreeing about a little stunt I pulled dealing with our local government here. We'll get to talking about that in just a moment. But before we do, I have to ask you all just a little favor. As I always do, please share the show with everyone you know. Spread it around. That's how we grow. That kind of rhymed. It's almost like a song. All right. Well, anyways... Tell people where to find us. We are on all major podcast hosting sites. All they have to do is go to a Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, Google Podcast, and look for Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Or the easiest way is to simply go to Google and type in Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. We pull right up. Also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318. That's Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook. There I release live video episodes several days a week, seven days a week, sometimes more, sometimes less. It just depends on what's going on. There's also written content there. And, uh, yeah, it's probably worth your while to check that out. So, for this episode, I wanted to kind of focus on communication. That's something that we really talk about a lot around here. But I wanted to focus on communication at a basic level. Like, how we, as individuals, like to communicate. How we expect others to communicate with us how elected officials communicate with us, what we like, what we don't like. Because, listen, as a political commentator, which is what I call myself, I'm not a journalist, I'm a political commentator, I also consider myself to be a little bit of a political activist. I engage in politics with the local officials, I engage with politics with various other local officials from other communities that are not my community. I engage with officials at the state level. And I engage with officials at the national level, okay? And my goal is to talk to you, the listener, and to 
to teach you the importance of getting involved. Hopefully you will understand that it's something that you can do too and that you will also start getting involved. And look, we all have different ways of doing things. All right, some people are more straightforward and serious and some people are too much craziness all the time. I happen to be like right in the middle. I I I like to be serious. I like to know what I'm talking about and and be very well studied and and educated about what I'm talking about. But I also have a flair for the dramatic, okay? I I don't mind to be a little theatrical. I like political theater. I I, I understand that there is uh, something about that that draws people's attention to the cause, and, and it can. And that's where our discussion here in just a second will start, because... So, for those of you who live in Muncie that are listening to this and live in Delaware County and or live in East Central Indiana and and follow my social media pages, you're aware of what we're getting ready to talk about. For those of you that are listening to this from elsewhere in Indiana or elsewhere in the United States, you're not going to be familiar, so we're going to give just a quick overview. And that basically is, in the local government here where this podcast is recorded in Muncie, Indiana, the mayor and the local YMCA developed a plan sometime at the middle to end of last year, 2020, where they wanted to bring a centralized YMCA to the heart of the city and close two YMCAs throughout the city, one on the northwest side and one downtown, They wanted to close those two buildings and build a centralized larger YMCA on city property, which happens to be parkland in a park that's been a park for 100 plus years, and it currently houses our only city public pool. And uh, as you can imagine, there were many citizens who were against this idea, We here at the podcast covered this in episode 129. You can go back and check that out. I interviewed a citizen who was fighting against it. Uh, And so check that out if, if you haven't heard it. But we all basically thought this was killed at the end of last year. We haven't heard any more about this, and it was basically over. And then in the last couple weeks, maybe the last month, Some stirrings were going on, things were happening, and it appeared to be that this idea, this project was still on the table. And so I started getting involved, the neighbors to this park were getting involved, and the various citizens who were not in favor of this started getting involved, asking the mayor questions. There were elected officials or appointed officials also asking questions. And the mayor was giving really rather bizarre answers. And and I will contend that he created all of this craziness and drama because of his lack of communication. And that's why I want to talk about communication here. But it was his lack of communication that caused citizens and myself to be concerned and have questions. And one of his statements uh, 
made it seem as though he just didn't have any say in the matter and that he, as the chief executive of the city, didn't get to tell this entity, the YMCA, which is not a government entity, that they could or could not build on city property, which is completely crazy because obviously the mayor, the council, the board of works, those entities are going to have say in what goes on on city property. And so being a smart ass, I said, well, for example, if I wanted to move into uh, the city hall or if I wanted to start living in the city hall parking lot, the mayor couldn't tell me I needed to leave. Now, quick, I want I do want to say this. Obviously, the city hall parking lot is a public place, and if I wanted to go hang out there, they really can't get rid of me. But I was kind of being facetious and being a smart ass and being like, you know, you I could set up shop there, you know, meaning like if I own five acres and you like my five acres, you couldn't just come and start building a house as the owner. I would have to give you the OK for that. All right. That's just common sense. Of course, the city officials in Muncie have a say in what goes on on city property. If a business or, for example, the Y wanted to build a new building and operate on city property, there would have to be some kind of a sell of city property. There would have to be a lease of city property. Something would have to happen where the city would say, we're giving you the blessing to do this. So the mayor saying what he said was was wrong and it was crazy and it gave people the wrong idea and it made it seem like maybe he wasn't being truthful because obviously he knows that and so his answer was just weird. So because of that, I was actually going up to City Hall on Friday to get some records and when I was coming out, a city employee said, hey, are you here to move in? And I had basically kind of forgot about it because I said that Thursday night as just a passing statement. And when I, when I heard him say that, I was like, oh, yeah. So I took some pictures around City Hall, and I was like, hey, I'm moving in. It was like the middle of the day on Friday. And I posted them on my social media, and people kind of liked it, and, and they laughed. Well, then that evening, I was actually driving by City Hall, and I was like, wait a minute. I can take some pictures here and make it look like I've been here all day. And so I did that, and, and that's what I continued to do uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. I would take pictures in the morning, I'd take pictures in the afternoon, I'd take pictures in the evening. I actually did a live video episode uh, there Saturday evening because it was a beautiful day. And it's my contention that this got what I wanted accomplished, accomplished, because every post, I would also then tag the mayor in it, I would tag city officials, I would tag the council, the mayor, and members of the board of works and whatnot, and I would say, I want the mayor to answer this question. Does the mayor support the YMCA 
building on Tui Park, yes or no? That's a really simple question, and the answer is really simple as well. He would either say, yes, I support it, or no, I don't support it. And there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. I believe he was between a rock and a hard place. He does not like confrontation. And I believe that he didn't want people to know what he really truly felt uh, about this. And that's why he wasn't answering this. Now, obviously, as I was doing this, okay, and I was asking this, he was aware of this, but he was also aware beforehand because I had been talking about this long before I started posting anything about it. I don't ever just start posting willy-nilly. By the time I get to posting something, I've already been involved with it for a while. But after not getting a response and not being able to find anybody else who had received a response from the mayor of the city of Muncie, I decided to take it up a notch in the political theater, political activism department. But dear, dear Amber Green, the co-host here, didn't like the stunt that I pulled, didn't agree with it or, or something. And we're, we're going to let her talk and, and tell us exactly what the issue was here in just a moment. But first, we do have to take a quick break to pay the bills around here. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 148th Perception is Reality. I'm Chris. She's Amber. We'll be right back. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing under license in all 50 states and MLS consumer access.org number 3030. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, episode 148, and we're getting ready to get into the thick of it here because, as we were discussing before the break, I pulled a little bit of a political stunt here in the last couple days, and I guess the best way to say it is Amber disagreed. Now, I don't I don't know, maybe you didn't disagree fully, but think oh, no, that I it was... Oh, no, I definitely did. You, you hit the nail on the head. You did disagree with it. Yeah, I think you... You were looking for attention for yourself. No, no, no. That's not correct at all. There was absolutely political theater and a reason, a valid reason behind what I was doing. Well, wait. No, you're correct. I'm sorry. I will say you're a little correct. 
you're half and half correct. Let's say it this way. Look, folks, I was born in July. I'm a Leo. I'm always looking for a baseline level of attention. Obviously, look, we have a podcast. We talk into microphones for people to listen. I assume people will listen. And look, they do listen. So, yeah, I was calling attention to myself. I was calling attention to the podcast. I was calling attention to the live videos. It's marketing, in my opinion. I'm trying to drive people to our content, the podcast, the live videos. So yes, you're correct. But beyond that, and the fact that yes, I'm a Leo, there was an absolute valid reason behind what I was doing. So this is kind of a good place to start, because this is what we're talking about. The way that people communicate, and how they drive a message and what they're wanting people to derive from what they're trying to say and how they're going about saying it. So yes, I could have went about this in a quiet, regular manner and just asked the question and waited for a response if a response ever came. And let me be really clear, I did that. You guys didn't know it or hear it because I didn't put it out there for everyone to hear or see. I didn't talk about it. I went through the proper channels of asking questions. I I sent messages. I sent text messages. I sent emails. I tried calling. I do things the proper way before I then make a scene of it. And I understand that it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I can be a little dramatic. I have a a touch of flair about me. I, I love political theater, okay? And I can be a little campy every now and then, no pun intended here in this situation, or, or very much intended, actually. But I understand that people might be looking at what was going on and thinking, what in the hell? But there is method to the madness, I promise. So I was trying to get the mayor of our community to say whether or not he supported a situation. And the situation was, do you support building the new YMCA facility on City Park property? Yes or no? And because he wasn't answering, and because of a very strange statement that he had made a couple times in meetings and other situations in the in the days leading up to the situation, he had made a statement making it seem like he didn't have a say in what goes on with city property. I said, well, I could just move to City Hall parking lot and live there until he does say something since he can't tell me I have to leave or have a say in what goes on on city property. So I made it look like I had moved and was camping out in City Hall parking lot and I kept posting pictures about it and people were talking about it and they were sharing it and everybody was making a little buzz about it and yes it was drawing attention to the podcast and to me and to the show and everything and that's good too because this show can help a lot of people out and they can get a lot of great information here and they can feel like they can be empowered to get involved with their governments but the main issue at hand was I felt like what Ridenauer was doing was a joke, and he was making it a spectacle, so I was going to add my own spectacle to the situation. It was going to be a big ordeal, and I was going to turn it into a joke to where he would be forced to make some kind of a statement or do something, and something would come to a head, and we would figure something out. And let me be really honest, that happened, because he made a statement.
statement on Monday, and he would not have made that statement unless what was happening was happening, because there were a lot of other people doing things behind the scenes, but I was calling attention to what was happening. People were sharing the posts. Other people started asking, what's going on? Why is Bill Brie living at City Hall? And I guarantee you, he got sick of hearing about it. And look, you or anyone else might say, oh, you're just saying that you don't know. But let me be very clear. All right, people think that I just do things, all right? They think, okay, here's a guy who has a little bit of understanding of what's going on locally because he's been involved with it for so long. He has an understanding of politics, clearly, because he's been involved with politics for 20-some years, and then he just thinks things, he says things, and he sees where that goes, and he could be right, he could be wrong, whatever. But that's not exactly what happens, let me be very clear. Yes, I have an absolute great grasp of the political scene of what happens at the local level, the state level, the national level. I understand politics. I've been involved with politics for 25, 28 plus years. Besides that, I have a really good grasp on what's happening, not just in my community, but in 7, 8, 9, 10, 15 communities around all over East Central Indiana. And I, I talk to officials there. People feel like, oh, he's just a joke, whatever, and there are listeners and followers that listen to him and follow him on social media and listen to the podcast, and people either like what he's saying and, and they listen to him, or they don't like what he's saying and they listen to him to find out what he's saying to fight him on it. But it's more than that, because the people who used to naysay me they're either listeners now and they like what's going on, or they've dropped off because they realize that I'm right. And I'm right because I am researched. I know that this sometimes looks like complete chaos, but it's controlled chaos. There's a lot of research that goes into this, but the number one thing is, and I know that people probably don't think it, or they don't believe it, or they don't want to believe it, but I'm not just going off willy-nilly on my own thoughts. Everything that I do comes from the fact that I have sources that talk to me. And I don't just mean Joe Blow down the street. I mean I have city council members that talk to me from various cities. I mean I have county council members that talk to me. I have people who work in mayor's offices, people who work in commissioner's offices. I have various other elected officials who talk to me. When people have meetings and they sit around and they say, okay, this shouldn't leave this meeting, I'm getting a phone call within an hour of the meeting from three different people trying to tell me. I have it on a great, great authority that there have been several meetings of the department heads that Mayor Ridenauer has had. And he has said, okay, I do not want this information leaving this room. I do not want to hear about this on Bilberry's show. That means he knows that I have a following, and he knows that people tells me things. And the other thing is, as soon as he says that, as soon as that meeting is over, I've got three or four people running to call and say, hey, this is what was said, plus he said he didn't want to hear about it, so there you go. And the reason that happens 
is everybody wants to be the first person to spill the beans. Everybody wants to be the person to break the news, to get that information out there. Some people feel like they're whistleblowing. Some people just like gossiping. But when they tell me that information, I then research it and I validate it and make sure that it's not just some half-cocked nonsense. I make sure that it's legitimate information. And let me be very clear. I am very rarely wrong. What I say and what I do happens because I am confident in the sources that I have built up, and they are good sources. People don't like to think that because they don't like to think that people give me any credit or, 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 or give me any stock or, or, or put any stock in what I do. And those people should be ashamed of themselves because they're fooling themselves because I do have good sources and people do give me information and that's why I'm right like I am. And now before I throw it back to you for your word, and look, I want to hear what you say, criticisms and all, I definitely want to hear that. I do have to say this, just so everyone can know, and especially you can know, all right, there is more than one way to skin a cat. Obviously, I can find things out if I talk to people and kind of dig, or people can just volunteer information to me, and both of those things happen. But I can also learn information by requesting records, and anybody and everybody out there listening to this can do that exact same thing in your city. You, If you live in Muncie, you can do it in Muncie. If you live in Delaware County, you can do it in Delaware County. If you live somewhere else in Indiana, you can do it there. If you live in Colorado, if you live in Florida, you can do it in your state. The, the access to public record request law or the uh, federal request for records is a very, very good tool. And these elected officials, they might fight you on a little bit, but they can't really, there's, there's recourse for that. They will give you this information and it's easy to prove things that are going on. And a lot of times they are doing so much, they forget that when they're sending an email that that's requestable and that those emails can help present a timeline. And I just want to let you know that earlier today, I sent a couple requests into the city of Muncie for some emails. And when I receive those emails, okay, they will prove what I have been saying, and they will help further exonerate me, I hope in your eyes, because it will prove to you that what I have been saying in this situation is correct. But I want you and everyone else to hear of this incident that occurred after I sent those requests, okay? That's very important. I sent a request to the city of Muncie today. I didn't post about it on Facebook. I didn't talk about it to anybody. Matter of fact, this is the first time I'm mentioning it. Nobody has even heard that I've done this. The only people that know that I've sent this into the city of Muncie is myself and the people who received this at the city of Muncie. And one hour after I sent it in today, I received the following text message. Heads up, the record request for emails between Dan, who's the mayor of Muncie, and the council, the city council, and Dan, again the mayor, and the YMCA have Dan stressing. It'll be interesting to see the timeline when this all hits. And I just want you to know that that was sent to me today anonymously 
on my cell phone about an hour after my record request. So I have it on good authority from this text message, but also from other folks that have contacted me that City Hall, the mayor's office, is going crazy because of some requests that I have I've put in today. And I think that they are worried because of what those emails will show. And what they will show is, I was right, I have been right, and I've caught Reidenauer, the mayor of Muncie, in a little white lie in this situation. And that's a problem. And so you disagree because you thought it was just a stunt and I was trying to draw attention to myself. And yeah, that's true. I was trying to draw attention to myself for the podcast and for everything else. But I was also trying to get a point across that I was going to be there and Ridenauer was going to answer the question. And it was a valid question. It was not something that he should have been ducking out on. And if he was ducking out on it, then there was a reason he was ducking out on it. And we were going to get to the bottom of it either way. I had asked him before privately where it wasn't a big spectacle, but he didn't want to play that way. So he forced my hand into making it a public spectacle. And let's face it, sometimes he will communicate that way and sometimes he doesn't. Generally, when he doesn't, I know there's something going on. But I want to say this for the record. Even Ridenauer and I communicate behind the scenes. There are things that he'll talk to me about. We'll talk at meetings. There are other elected officials all throughout Indiana. And if people engage in this manner, you'll find the same thing with you, that they will talk to you, even if you're adversarial with them. When I'm adversarial with somebody, I still talk to them at meetings. I still will email them. I will still text message them. I will still call them. They do the same thing. We do have communication back and forth. That's the good thing. Whether they like you or not, or whether you like them or not, they still represent you, so you have to talk to them. They have to talk to you. There is a way to handle it. Now, you can't be an asshole. You have to be able to be polite in certain settings, all right? And I am always that way. I am always reasonable. Even when I'm crazy, I'm reasonable. And so that gets me the information that I'm looking for. And in this situation, he didn't want to play ball that way, so we had to do it the other way. And look, when he, Mayor Ridenauer, or any other elected official is acting as strangely as he was in two public meetings, it's good to get to the bottom of what's going on. He was in two public meetings, asked questions about this situation, and he implied that he is the elected uh, mayor, doesn't have say over what happens on city property, which is very weird. That's what he implied. And he also didn't say that this situation was off the table and it wasn't happening, which is what he's now implying. Okay. On the 25th, he was like, oh, I don't know. They'll let me know. Back on the 18th of March, one of the Muncie Redevelopment Commission members, Andrew Dale, said, hey, if this isn't happening, could we let those people know that it won't be happening? That's all. And Ridenauer couldn't say yes or no. He acted very strangely. And Andrew was just saying, let's let those people know that it's not going to be happening at the park. Who are those people? When you say, can we let those people know? I didn't say it. The, are... the question. Okay. So. No, the... like I just meant, who are they meaning? He, he, the, the, the neighborhood association around Tui Park. Okay. The, the neighbors who are most against this. 
And when faced with that question back on the 18th of March, he didn't say, well, no, back in February, we decided this was off the table. Yeah, go ahead and let them know, which is what he's telling us all now. He said something completely different. He was like, well, the YMCA is looking at five properties and two is still one of them. That's completely different than what he's telling us now. Why is what he's telling us now on March 30th different from what he was saying on March 18th if what he's saying now is he knew all the way back in February that this was off the table. That's why I don't believe what he's saying. What he's saying now is just trying to make the problem go away, and what he was saying back on the 18th and the 25th was more likely the real deal. And now look, here's the bottom line. It's the communication. It sucks. Dan is not good at communicating. He is not good at it at all. And we're worrying about how I'm communicating something or how I'm getting a point across when what we need to be worrying about is how Dan and all other elected officials are communicating. Because let's face it, most elected officials are not good at communicating and that is a problem. Like Dan, for example, he'll talk in circles. He will tell two or three people various different things because he doesn't like conflict. And so Dan will say various things at different points which confuse people. And that's horrible because his whole platform for running was improving communication first and foremost, and he's not done that at all. So let's examine his timeline. On March 18th, he says some weird things, and he implies to the Muncie Redevelopment Commission that the YMCA is still possibly considering Tui Park. Then on the 25th of March, while he is addressing questions to, apparently, the city of Muncie during one of his events, he also doubles down on saying the crazy stuff and again says, I don't really know, I haven't talked to the why, which I believe the emails and the records that I'm requesting, I will prove that is not correct. I believe that he lied there too. I believe he has been in communication with the why, and I'm going to prove that, but... That's another situation, I guess. Again, though, he makes it seem like he just doesn't know, and the Y will let him know when they know, which is not exactly how this is to go. But then, on the 29th of March, he releases a statement saying, well, we decided several weeks ago that Tui was off the table and that it was a no-go. Well, that is in direct conflict from what he just said four days prior on the 25th, and it's in direct conflict from what he said seven days before that on the 18th. So he made three statements. Two statements are similar, and one statement is not. One of those situations is a lie. Then on the 30th of March, he makes a one-off statement during a community update where he says, we decided this back in February. Well, February comes before March. It definitely comes before March 18th. So if they decided in February that TUI was not on the table, then what he said on March 18th was a lie, what he said on March 25th was a lie, and I'll be really honest, what he said on March 29th was a lie too. 
I think it all is a little off, and I'm going to prove it. I think every inch of it, from Dan, from the Y, from the Neighborhood Association, from the the friends of Tui, I think it was all blown way out of proportion. Because, and people, it's, I'm sorry, but it's laughable to me when people want to compare this to the Wales Project. It's definitely not like that at all. You're right. And the biggest difference, other than the fact that one was detrimental to an entire community's health and one was not, is the why was never a 100% yes. It was never, we have agreed to bring the YMCA to Tui Park this is happening, blah, blah, blah. It was the YMCA is looking yep. at Chewy Park. And everyone lost their minds. And, well, why would the city agree to this? The city hadn't agreed to shit. Just like the YMCA hadn't agreed to anything. That we know of yet. But here's the problem. When you have people that are involved with the project and involved with the people behind the project who are out in public being overheard talking about it, saying, yes, this is 100% a done deal. This will definitely happen. See, that's, that's, where I, that's where I like draw the line. Who cares if you overheard something? Like, that's, no, that's a joke. But you have to have an understanding of who all the players are. You have to have an understanding of who all the people are. You have to know the people who are able to be seen, the public officials, the people that are elected and appointed and hold various boards and yada, yada, yada. You understand those people, and you know who and what they're about. But you also have to know the people that are behind the scenes, the people who have the strings attached to their fingers and have their fingers attached to checkbooks that have deep pockets. The people who can pick up the phone and say, hey, I want such and such done. And you understand that these people are used to getting what they want because they can say, well, here, here's a check for $100,000 to the city of Muncie. By the way, I want such and such built there. And you have to know that these people normally get what they want because of who they are and what they represent. Because if you don't know that, it's like playing chess with two checkerboard pieces and a dime without knowing the rules. You're not going to play chess that way. So when you have somebody from, like, the organization Next Muncie, a Jay Julian or a Judd Fisher saying, hey, this is a done deal, it's generally a pretty safe bet that you can take what they say to the bank because they're used to getting what they want. But here's what you've got to keep in mind. You have to understand that, you know, here until just recently, you didn't know what next Muncie was. So that kind of skews what you may or may not believe because you don't know all of the players that are involved with this and what those people have done in the past, what they're capable of, and, and how, the, how the situation normally works. One, and I'm not saying I know everyone in this town. I don't want to know everyone in this right. town. <laughs> I have never heard of Judge Fisher okay. or Judd or whatever. Right. Um, and my question is, is he an elected official? That's what's scary. No, no, is he? no, he's not. Okay. Does he work for the city of Muncie? Uh, he's a, he is a financier for the city of Muncie. Okay. Like, is he payroll for the city of Muncie? Uh, no, he's bankroll for the city of Muncie. Okay. He donates large amounts of money. Okay. Does he work? For the YMCA. 
no, he may be on the board. I don't know if he works, but he may maybe on the board. I, I don't okay, I do not that, know that. I'm assuming that board has let's say he is on the board. I'm assuming that board has more than one person. Yes. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then the because of the way that you answered those questions, I don't give a fuck what Judd Fisher says. <sighs> yeah, because but it's not coming from it's not coming from anybody on the city council. It's not coming from anyone on the board of works. It's not coming from the mayor. It's not coming from the mayor's secretary. It's not coming from Nancy Larson Lindell. It's not coming from anyone that is a decision maker for the why. So who cares? But but who but you have to, that that comes from I would have to say in this situation that has to come from you have to have an understanding of of what in this individual has been a player in 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 Muncie's history and what his family has been a, his father was and, and and I mean this is the this is the president and chief operating officer of Ball Brothers Foundation you're going to tell me you don't think this man gets what he wants in Muncie not all the time no and even well if, no right even if, it, even if he did get what he wanted that would still have to be a decision that's made from one or both of the entities that I just questioned. So until I'm, I'm sorry, but I am the type of person that I'm not believing it until I hear it straight out of the mouth of who it needs ah, to come to. Yes. Right. Like, right. Let's say, let's say I hear that one of my friends, like not someone I'm super close with, but one of my, one of my friends is pregnant, but I don't hear it from her or her husband. Am I going to go to Facebook and be like, oh, my God, Susie's pregnant? No, I'm not. Because, one, that would get everybody that knows Susie ruffling their feathers. They'd want to know what the hell's going on and why Susie told me and not them. And then I would have to backpedal and be like, well, I actually didn't hear it from Susie. I heard it from Susie's brother's girlfriend's niece. Like, Sure, it's, sure. Like, no, no. I just, I don't, I don't put faith into big decisions that I'm not hearing from decision makers. Sure. And, and that makes sense. To put, to add insult to injury, I don't put faith in a, a lot of politics. Right. Because there are, there are games. And I, I am not saying it's bad that there are games. Life is a game. Right, like, right. And I mean, I made a post today that said you need to learn the rules of the game and you need to play it better than anybody else. Yep. So I completely respect the game. Don't get me wrong. But I also respect the fact that I know it's a game. Sure. So sometimes just to gauge how much people will talk or how much they won't or how much they will twist what they hear things are dropped sure that aren't true at all sure sure so and then so, so then from people in my perspective okay th then work to try to figure out what of those clues or pieces of the puzzle are real or not real then what someone has to do is try to work to figure out what those situations are. Now, look, I was working behind the scenes 
not posting anything on Facebook, not making a big deal about it, not kicking any kind of fuss up, trying to figure out if what I was hearing from people, if what other people were coming to me and telling me was true for weeks before anything was ever posted on Facebook. I don't just wake up one day and just start posting things. By the time I've posted something on Facebook, I've generally been working on it for a little bit behind the scenes. And that was exactly the same situation in this case. Before I ever was doing the whole camping out at City Hall thing, before I ever made a Facebook post about it, I had been working on this, talking to elected officials, trying to get in touch with the mayor, trying to get some questions answered, before it had to come to any public actions. But what I was getting was the mayor wasn't communicating and I was hearing enough weird things that made me think, okay, something is going on here. Because like I said a moment ago, you know, Reidenauer is having meetings with his staff and his, his department heads saying, okay, what we say here doesn't leave here and I don't want to hear this on Perception is Reality tonight, okay? And then those people are running to tell me and I'm issuing records requests and I'm getting three or four people messaging me back within an hour saying, well, I don't know what you just sent up here, but that last email has the administration pulling their hair out. I don't know what what's going on, but whatever you're doing, it must be ruffling some feathers. That starts to lead me down a path where because of my prior experience and all of the training that I've had and, and, and understanding that there's only certain amount of outcomes that occur here, it lets me start to be able to paint a picture that I feel pretty confident showing to everybody else. It's just like police work, okay? You have training and experience, and then you have the real-life situation. And when you get thrown into the real-life situation, after 20 years of that, you feel pretty confident, even when you're going to a situation which, like they say, you never go to the same call twice, and each and every day is different than the day before. That's true, but you still have a pretty good feeling of how things are going to go. And even when you don't have all of the puzzle pieces, you're able to still put a pretty good picture together based off the evidence and the information that you have. And that's what's going on here. I've got people whistleblowing or leaking information to me. I've got records requests that I know is going to be damning. I can't on necessarily agree with that. Why is because that? This, because, one, whoever's texting you that yep. is looking for some type of self-satisfaction. Why? I don't, they, I don't ever post, I don't tell their names, I don't ever mention who tells Because me. it makes them feel important. You might not tell their names, but if they call you and give you some piece of information that you then share on a live video or on this podcast, they feel like they did their civic duty and their Billy Badass texting Philbury. And whoever that person is, if they're listening, I have no fucking respect for them. So, <laughs> there they go. The thing that drives me nuts about politics other than the fact that the obvious reasons is a, the majority of citizens who 
are not involved in politics in any way, shape, or form except the occasional Facebook rant. They want to believe that there should still be votes after the general election. And that's not how it works. Right. Once you have voted these people in, even if the person you voted for did not win. Yes. Which we all know that is entirely possible. Yeah. Even after you, and when I say you, I mean like... Right, the royal the, you. The voter base as yeah. a whole. Mm -hmm. Once you have voted that person or that council or that board or whatever in, you have to let them do their job. Everything that comes to their table or their meeting or whatever after they are elected is not yours to vote on anymore. They should not have to constantly be saying, "Oh, well, let's let's take this to the committee or to the community and get a, you know, a Facebook poll or a survey monkey like no." Uh, I don't know that because is, what that slows down government. And if if and a big part of it, I think is citizens are lazy. Well, yeah, correct. They want yeah. the government to send these surveys and polls and whatnot out to them because they're too lazy to actually reach out to these elected officials themselves. That is what you can do. Yeah. After they are elected, that if you want to speak your mind and you want your elected officials to know where you stand, then you need to have a pair of cojones and call them, email their office, whatever you need to do to make sure that they know how you feel. But it is not their job to bring another vote to the community on every single, even mildly controversial issue. I, I, I okay, I because I, I didn't agree with what you were saying at first, but I, I you, you've. You framed that a little bit better, so I understand what you're saying there. And I do agree with what you're saying because it is the responsibility of the citizen to keep informed and to go to meetings and to be involved. And if you can't go to a meeting, then watch the thing on live streaming video somewhere. And if your government doesn't stream their meetings, you should probably make your way at least to one meeting enough to bitch because it's 2021 and all meetings should be streamed. Besides that, you should also be able to email your elected officials, call your elected officials, and interact with them on social media if they have social media pages. And I also agree to a certain extent that it's not Ridenauer's responsibility or any other mayor or, or the president or any commissioner of any county or community or, or state to go knocking on doors and saying, this is what we're going to do. I'm trying to build this economic development up, and, and so we're going to move this facility here, or we're going to do this, or we're going to put in this rehab or whatever. It is not necessarily their responsibility. Now, there are situations in which they must go out and notify the landowners that touch property that, that touch, and, and they, they do that. They, they send it out in the notice of a letter, and there's a public hearing, and you can go to those things. So they, as long as they're doing what they're supposed to be doing under the law, then I do agree with what you're saying. However, there are those elected officials that 
are supposed to be representatives, whether we're talking about city or county council or we're talking about state Congress or United States Congress, those officials do have to represent the people from the districts that they are elected to represent. And in that situation, they do have a little bit of responsibility to try and get information to the people. Now, I don't think that means that each one of them has to knock on doors and make phone calls and tell every single person alive. It just means they have somewhat of an obligation to get information out to the people that they represent. And a lot of them do that in various ways. They hold town halls or legislative updates and or if we're talking about local officials or state officials, a lot of times they will engage pretty freely on social media with their constituents. And I believe that that fulfills that obligation. Beyond that, there are things that citizens should do. There are normally public meetings that your elected officials will have, one or two a month. Or you could go to the state house and watch your legislators work. Or you could go to the national capitol when everything gets back to normal. But you should try to engage in those meetings and be active. If there is something that's going on that's going to be controversial, I believe the elected officials should try to go above and beyond to try to explain to the people what's going on. Specifically, if it's something that the elected official does not agree with, if they if they have great passion one way or the other, if they absolutely support it or they absolutely do not support it, they need to let those reasons be heard to their constituents. Also, there's something to be said for elected officials, specifically representative officials, trying to meet the public where the public are at. A good way to, to do that is on social media. Elected officials should have social media accounts. That way their constituents can interact with them or their staff on those pages. It all comes down to an appropriate level of communication and making sure that you are communicating the best way possible, that you are communicating in order to get the point or the message across. Going back to the situation in Muncie with the mayor, I just feel like he never really did that appropriately. And had he communicated appropriately way back when, I don't think any of this would have ever happened. But it was the fact that he just refused to communicate or was unable to or couldn't or something that caused all this chaos. And honestly, it could have all been avoided. What are you saying could have been avoided? Because well, the, only, the only fallout that I've seen like that will actually you know, that actually has had even a remote effect is a bunch of Facebook posts where you're sitting outside city council. Mm -hmm. Or City Hall. City Hall. Okay. Well, like, so, uh, so let what me exactly are you saying could have been avoided? Because the only, I mean, I the mean, only person the person that was uncomfortable when you were at City Hall was you. Oh, I wasn't uncomfortable. So, wait, <laughs> first, first of all, I we're all aware that I, I didn't actually live at City Hall. I stopped by I would, and took some pictures. I would be willing to bet that we are not all aware. No, no, we. you're right. You are absolutely <laughs> right. I, I received several messages from people who thought that I was really staying up there 24 hours a day. I was not. It was definitely political theater. It was movie magic. 
I was going about my life, and when I had some time or would be up by City Hall, I would pop in and take various pictures. Sometimes I would take pictures with various different clothing or shirts on or or different <coughs> equipment, and it would make it look like I was up there at different times doing different things. Saturday evening was like 74 degrees, so I actually did a live video episode on social media from up there, but I didn't actually live there. But let me tell you what happened. I quickly started getting a lot of people paying attention to what was going on. I started getting a lot of people contacting me and asking me what exactly was the situation. Those people then started reaching out to the mayor and other elected officials. I started having various elected officials reaching out to me and asking what the situation was. I know they started talking to the mayor or attempting to. I had various other Muncie people, Delaware County people uh, in business and other uh, situations reaching out to me. On top of that, I had more people looking at the website. I had more people reaching out to me on social media. I believe in three days, I accepted like 400 friend requests. I had emails, text messages, and phone calls. So people started paying attention to what was going on. They started then asking the same question. And now those people are very much still engaged and they'll be able to listen to the podcast and watch the live videos and some of them may drop off but a large number of them will stay and you don't know from that group who's liable to get active or get involved maybe run for office or you don't know how this will affect people down the road but the bottom line is it did that at the same time that it was also helping the situation that was at hand. So it was killing two birds with one stone. But when I'm talking about what could have been avoided, I'm talking about the confusion that the entire citizenry had. I'm talking about all of the nonsense that occurred because Ridenauer couldn't communicate properly. Couldn't or wouldn't, I don't really know. It's probably a little of both. But I'll tell you what's funny is, and this happens a lot, in an effort to avoid conflict, Ridenauer created a whole lot of conflict. And I know to you, it looked like there were just some pictures of me being silly and it didn't seem like it meant a whole lot. But I will tell you what, the council and Ridenauer both know how many people were dealing with them, messaging them, calling them, texting them, whatever. Ridenauer knows what he's dealt with the last couple of days. Ridenauer knows that there's been a whole lot of headache over this issue. And while he blames me, he needs to blame the lack of communication skills that he has or whatever's going on that his team is telling him to do, or, or I don't know what's going on in that situation. But while he's probably blaming me for chaos, it all comes back to his piss-poor communication skills. He's been trying to get other things done and couldn't because he's been dealing with this headache. And here's the kicker, and I'll tell you this right now, and this is dead serious. Ridenauer didn't put out that statement at noon on Monday the 29th because he had intentions of putting out that statement at noon on Monday. He put it out when he did because he had to to take care of the mess that he created by not communicating properly when he had the chance. And the real icing on the cake is the fact that the records that I have requested, the emails... They are going to prove that he has lied throughout this incident. 
that he has absolutely lied when he's talked to us at various points. And he didn't have to. This was all a very stupid lie, okay? And that's where it's going to be bad is because now he's going to be untrustworthy. You know, you catch somebody in a lie, specifically an elected official, it's hard for them to earn that trust back. And that is going to be detrimental to him. And the problem is they know that I know what they have. I know they know that, and I know that's why they're all going crazy because of this request. Because it's it's like this. It, they don't think that I just, out of the blue, said, hmm, I wonder if there's any emails at City Hall between the mayor and these various people on these certain dates, and I think I might just request and see if there are. I don't know. No, it's more like... When they received the request and they saw what I was requesting and what time period I was requesting for, they know that I'm aware of what they possess. So that means they have to give it to me because they <laughs> they don't have a choice. If they say, no, this doesn't exist, then we see what kind of situation they really get into because that would be a problem. So they have no other choice than to give me what I'm requesting and when they do that, it's going to prove that he was less than honest with the public. And look, I'm not trying to say that he's a bad guy or anything. I'm just trying to say, hey, something didn't add up. It didn't make sense. And no matter how you slice this, Ridenauer lied. And that's not acceptable. How he's been communicating is not acceptable. And he must fix this moving forward. Uh, that's the only thing I can say, especially if he's going to run for re-election. Uh, you still know. don't agree I, with that? If if you can prove that he lied, okay. Then, and I know that's why you're you're requesting those emails. I get it, but I'm not I'm not one that's going to just jump out. And say, oh, he lied when right. there are when there are far more factors than just sure what he has said or not said. Sure. Because you're dealing with, and this is another thing that people don't want to accept, you're essentially dealing with two businesses, the city of Muncie, which I know people do not like to admit that government is a business, but it is. Um, so the city of Muncie and the YMCA, YMCA is a business too. And so many people want to say, well, it's the YMCA's job to create things for the community. It's the city's job to create things for the community. And yes, within reason, I agree with that. But whenever this got brought up the very first time, whoever it got brought up by, it immediately became a possible, maybe, kind of, business deal. Plausible? Meh. Who knows? But it that's how you start handling those types of things. When someone approaches you, you being the city right. or the county or whatever local government, and says... 
I want XYZ space for my business, you begin handling that like a business deal, which if you're dealing with businesses of any size, is also going to involve legal jargon and, you know, NDAs and all of the above. And in my personal opinion, the the entire thing like you want to say well if if dan had just been honest from you know february or whenever no i mean yes i agree honesty is the best policy i'm not saying i'm not i'm not saying no dan you should have lied what they should have done from the very get-go august of 2020 or september or whenever it was when they got approached about tui park that should not have ever been brought up until there was a solid plan in yes. place. And I don't, I don't mean, Hey, we're doing this. Yeah. I don't mean a decision already made. I mean, an actual plan. Right. But they put the cart before the horse and it, just snowball. Who's they? You said they. Who's they? You asked me that know. a minute ago. I, well, you, I mean, I know who they is. Do you want me to tell you? Sure, because I don't. I it was Dan Ridenour. <laughs> no, you're not going to like me saying that, but it was, and I'll tell you exactly when. It was Ridenour going to a park board meeting last year and talking about things that he really didn't have a full understanding of, which created questions that he didn't have answers to, which caused citizens to pay more attention and have more questions that he also didn't have answers to. And citizens said, wait, we just don't want this. And it caused him to backtrack and not understand how to deal with this confrontation. And he started saying multiple different types of things to various different types types of people at all different types of meetings all throughout the remainder of last year and into the first couple months of this year and that caused all of the problem and it's all stemming from his failure to communicate all the way back when last year at that park board meeting i was saying they because i didn't know who made sure. it public i don't care who it was i don't care if it was the ceo of the y i don't care if it was some child watch member of the Y. I don't yeah. care if it was Dan. I don't care if it was Dan's sister-in-law. Like, I don't care who it was, but whoever decided, oh, I'm going to go public with this maybe kind of sort of plan yeah. that the YMCA maybe kind of sort of has to take over Tui Park should have never said anything until there was an actual plan because there were far too many questions. There were... Too right. many open-ended things. The Y scrambled to answer those questions. The city scrambled to answer those questions. The council scrambled to answer those questions. And and rightfully so, because there wasn't an actual plan, so no one actually knew the answers. I would say the Y knew what was going on. They just didn't ever fill anybody else in. Do you know that the city council asked them for their information and the Y refused to give it to the city council? Now, why in the hell would that be happening?
because that makes it look like the Y is only working with the mayor. Did the mayor say, hey, you're only to work with me, don't give this to the council? Because that has happened in the past where Mayor Reidenauer hasn't wanted his department heads to talk to the council. He's wanted the council to ask him the questions. He would talk to his department heads, and then he would get them back the information, or vice versa. If the department heads had some kind of a question, Reidenauer wanted to answer it. He didn't want the department heads going to the council. And that makes you wonder what's going on there. And then you hear what happened here, and the fact that the Y won't work with the council, won't hand them over what they want, and it starts to make you wonder, well, is that because this is something between the Y and the mayor? That's not good. They're all supposed to be on the same page, and the council has a very legitimate role to play, and if anybody's trying to jump over that, that should be a problem. And the and the council members felt that way. So their subcommittee met. They wanted to get all of the stakeholders together and say, okay, we want to get everything out on the table. Anybody that has something to say about this, the mayor, we want you to come. The Y, we want you to come. We want the neighborhood people to come, the neighborhood associations to come, and any and all other citizens who are are for this, against it, or somewhere in between. And they held that meeting. And I don't think they liked what they heard because directly after that, the council tried to create an ordinance that they were going to put in place that pissed the mayor off that would have put another failsafe there and it would have stopped Ridenauer from taking this to the Board of Works. Instead, he would have had to take this in front of the council and that pissed Ridenauer off greatly. So there's another question. Why would that have made Ridenauer so mad? Mad enough that he then started meeting with the council one-on-one, one-on-two, something that he really hadn't done before, and he was wanting them to withdraw their ordinance. And he was writing all sorts of different op-eds to the paper, talking about how the council was bad for the city, and the council was costing economic development issues, when that's the furthest thing from the truth. What's really costing economic development issues in the city of Muncie is the mayor has refused to hire an economic development director. All part of his lack of transparency, lack of accountability, and piss-poor communication. I, I am not, let me preface this, what I'm about to say, by saying I am not in any way, shape, or form jealous of anyone in the current city administration because <laughs> they they inherited an absolute dumpster fire of a government. Right. And I think a lot of it, and it's, it's, I can see where this is difficult as an individual, as a council, as a mayor, as a mayor's staff, like I can see where it's difficult to get out of this, like gun shy. Oh, what do I do? Like the, the citizens are mad because they've been exposed to literally a lifetime of crap government in this town. So I, I kind of see like the, um, the overcompensating by coming out with this plan because you feel like you have to be overly transparent or they're going to accuse you of being not transparent at all. So I, 
I get kind of jumping the gun because Dan and, you know, Camp Dan and city council is probably thinking, well, hell, if we get information like this, we got to go public with it or we're going to be, you know, attacked by freaking knives and pitchforks. Like, so I get it, but I, I think we just need to get out of that. Like, let's please leave anything and everything that the former administration did in the past and just move forward with the way that we want to run the city. Like, I don't, I don't blame people for kind of running on fear, but I don't think we should be either. Here's what I say with communication. And this is where I see a failing and it's not just Dan. I want Dan to do well. I want him to do well. I, I pushed the man for two years and part of my anger is I don't feel like I'm getting what I sold to people for two years. And I, I could see where he could be better. It's it's kind of like being disappointed in your child when you know they can do better. When when they bring home that D minus on the report card and you know that they're a B plus student. Like I'm like, damn well, I mean, it, Dan. You did, you did quit your sales career, so maybe you just need to brush up on your skills a little bit. <laughs> that that's, is absolutely correct. I, I was selling the lemon, I think. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, so, the thing is, I, this is what I see from a lot of people. They are so afraid in... Uh, in public to have any kind of confrontation. They don't want to be, it's, it's bad to be wrong. Okay. It's if, if you're, if you say or do something wrong, that's not the right answer. They're afraid that's going to be career ending. If you, if you are on a side that doesn't agree, they feel like everybody must agree always. There can never be any kind of discussion. And what that does is it creates a sense of toxic positivity, if you I will. Was just, I was just getting ready to say that. Those um, exact words. Where they, and I see that in, in Henry County, Indiana, a lot, where they are trying so, like, they're smiling through eating the shit. You know, and they're like, oh, yes, please, this is good. May I have some more? Yes, this is wonderful. You know, where people out here would respect them so much more if they were just real about it. And if during a meeting someone said, you know, damn it, I don't agree with this. Stop for a second. Let's talk about this. It's okay to get a little loud. I think people need to watch how the House of Lords and the House of Commons in London deal with government when they, they i said the other day they they stop just short of your mom so fat jokes they are actually at each other's throat and they they have the debate in the hall and they get it and they're yelling and they fight it out it's like prosecutors and defense attorneys during a murder trial and they're they're so they're so in the game and they're yelling and this and fighting and, and this and then after trial they can go out and drink a beer together and they're okay because they've left it all on the floor. 
here it seems like anymore everybody's in a competition to see who could be the absolute nicest but it's fake it's not real and the other thing that's really weird is we're not really reviewing the situations appropriately enough i mean if you dare to say anything about policy and what's actually going on you have these rabid fans of mayor reidenauer who come out to tell you how wonderful everything is there's a there's a group of people right now who say i love dan dan's so good he's the man he's a good person well i don't know i'm not talking about whether he's a good person or not i don't know if he's a good That's, person i was just okay I, i'm glad you said that because i was just getting ready to bring that up the reason that people think that everyone has to agree on everything anymore is because as soon as people disagree we forget and we as a society we as citizens forget that disagreement is fucking normal right Yes. And we automatically turn it into, oh my God, they disagreed. Look at this drama. Because people always have to turn it around and make it about themselves. Right. And if they're the ones that are like, oh my God, they disagreed. It's so dramatic. And they turn it into, you know, some fucking city council soap opera. Then it's suddenly cool. And because nearly everything, especially in the last 14 months, 13 months, has been via computer screen and keyboard. Yep. Everyone immediately goes for instead of, uh, they're not making the best decisions as a council person, or they're not making the best decisions as a president, or they're not making the best decisions as, you know, a vice chair or whatever. They immediately turn it into, they're a horrible human being that deserves to have their ferret run over like <laughs> it's it can never just it's it kind of wraps up into can cancel culture really like it can never just be somebody made a bad decision in their job or someone didn't think through something or didn't see you know the forest for the trees it automatically becomes oh my god they disagreed that's horrible they're awful bad person alert right and that's that's no one person's fault that's not dan's fault that's not the city council's fault that's not the ymca's fault that is just we've been groomed to have that piss poor response to what used to be a normal healthy human interaction that's happening everywhere that's happening in all 50 states it's happening in washington dc oh yeah i'm not saying it's only happening here in delaware county indiana absolutely not but i think i think that's why people are scared to disagree i agree that that's why people are afraid to disagree uh yeah uh i i know in all seriousness i you're exactly right uh hey we are way late on a break we have to pay some bills around here ladies and gentlemen you're listening to the 148th episode of perception is reality she's amber i'm chris we'll be right back
Hey folks, are you looking for a new tattoo or body piercing? Well then you're going to want to check out my friends at Abandon All Hope Tattoo and Body Piercing. They are located at 1716 North Wheeling Avenue, Suite 1 in Muncie, Indiana. You can call them on the phone at 765-896-8985 or visit them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Abandon All Hope Tattoo. Check them out today and tell them Perception is Reality sent you. We're in the home stretch now, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 148, Perception is Reality. We're back, Chris and Amber. In the break, we were talking about posting on social media. And what was that you were saying? I think what a lot of people who follow, and I'm going to say you instead of us, because I I do not post nearly the amount that you do. Right. Um, but I think what a lot of and I'm going to go with more of the like live listeners, not yeah. the, not the, the, the podcast listeners. I think what a lot of them don't understand is the information that you become privy to. You get because you go after it. Right. Anybody. Yeah. Right. And they get mad like, Oh my God. Well, why is Bilberry, you know, making this breaking news announcement? Why did we not know? Um, because you didn't ask, <laughs> but right. I'm sorry, but if, if anyone would like to put the time and the effort and the mudslinging in that you do sure. or you receive, yeah, go right ahead. But that, you know, sir and ma'am is why you're not getting this information. And that's why you are the one putting it out. Right. Like, right. It's not because it was being hidden from the community. It's because just because something is public does not mean it is publicized. Sure. That's exactly correct. And no one, well, not no one, a vast majority cannot seem to understand that. And that's it. That's what's frustrating to me. Like, I wholeheartedly support transparency in government, but. Not if it means that these people who are for the vast majority, obviously not Dan, but a lot of them are volunteering their time by running. They should not be having to put in 72 hours of work a week to appease the masses who don't want to do seven hours of work a week the citizens do have to put the work in themselves now i do want to say when they're running for office yeah that's all volunteer they're not getting paid for that if they win the majority of elected officials are paid positions the appointed positions aren't necessarily but even like city council they don't make much but they do get some kind of compensation for their work like for example the city of muncie i believe a city council member makes about $12,500 a year. So they are paid a little bit. But the point is, why is it that the 
representatives, the elected officials are going to put in all this extra work, specifically when they are some of them considered part-time positions. Like city council is not a full-time elected position spot. They still have other jobs. Why are they going to go above and beyond when it seems like the citizens aren't going above and beyond? And you start to get into a little bit of a sticky wicket there. But I understand your point, and, and that's why this show is important and what we do is important because we're teaching citizens the importance of getting active and getting involved. Getting back real quick to next Muncie, you brought up the fact that they were not elected, and I agree they aren't elected. That's part of why I have a problem with them. I, they are not elected, so if they're pushing something that the citizens don't like, or they're doing something or forcing the elected officials to do this or that, there is no real accountability for what they're doing. They don't get to lose their position. It's not something that we get to decide who these people are, how they affect us. They get to affect us because they've got lots of money and they are the leaders in their different areas. And so they've kind of come together as this cabal or the shadow group, almost the Illuminati of uh, city local government, if you will. Um, <laughs> I think you're giving them far too much credit because I didn't even know what next month he was. Oh, God. Until, See, that? Like, I, I, I know. I understand. But I promise you. I promise you, they have had their hand in a lot of goings-ons. I can tell you. I can tell you right now. And that may be, that may be true. I don't know if you realize this, <clears throat> but you kind of just proved my point by saying that next Muncie has had their hand in so many things. The vast majority of those things that you are talking about, I know you are talking about, happened under a former administration. So you're still blaming a former administration for or blaming a current administration for things that happened with a former administration uh, or, or holding or holding them accountable, which you shouldn't be. Cause I didn't know. I didn't know who next month he was until you told me who they were. Uh, yes and no. I mean, they were obviously working under other administrations. I'll be honest. I don't know how long they've been an organization, but let's forget the name. Just because the name might not have been a thing and they might not have been organized that way, these people were still active and involved and still pulling the strings. Maybe it was just more loosely than what it is now. And real quick, for the listeners that may be like you were and not know who Next Muncie is, I will put a link to Next Muncie in the description. Be sure to check that out. But for those of you now, I'll say Next Muncie is the who's who of Muncie. They are the leaders of their industry, the leaders of their fields, uh, and they are the very rich and powerful uh, of the city of Muncie. We're talking about like the director of Ball Hospital, the president of Ball State University, the the uh, the director of the uh, Chamber of Commerce, the CEO of Ball Brothers, the director of the uh, of the downtown Muncie um, Visitors Bureau. Again, these are the bigwigs. This is like a super group, if you will. And none of these people were elected. The citizens don't have a say in what any of these people do, and it's just that way. And we never see these people at council meetings, standing up, talking at the podium like regular people. They're all making the phone call, you know, the hour before the council meeting saying, hey, I want this done. Hey, I want this done. They are the people standing off in the shadows, standing off in the corners, 
pulling the strings, and that's not how government is supposed to work. But you're saying that that is the norm from a prior administration. I mean, I'm not blaming the Ridenauer administration for the Tyler administration or for any other administration. These people were active under various other mayors, but I and I was concerned about that then, but I'm concerned about what they're doing now just the same. I feel like each person is is in control of what they're doing and that that Ridenauer is very much able to uh, listen to these people or not listen to these people just as any other mayor or council member were able to listen or not listen to the people. And all I see is he's buddying up with them and cozying up with them. So in that regard, I don't know, maybe he's the same in that regard, but I, I you know, I, I get what you're saying, but no, I, I feel like I'm blaming this administration and next Muncie for what this administration and next Muncie are currently doing. And listen, I'm blaming Ridenauer for not keeping up with his campaign promises. He ran for nearly two years, and I pushed him for two years on improving communication, improving transparency, and improving accountability. And he's not kept up his part of that bargain. Absolutely not. That is my issue with Ridenauer. That and the fact that I think he's in over his head. I think that he was a mediocre city council member. He got a little bit of press because he pushed back against Dennis Tyler. People looked at him. That's what first caught my attention. And I thought, okay, this guy might be a good mayor. He had the right look. He had the right things to say. And he seemed like he would be good. He was coming from the financial world, which I now see has nothing to do with anything and does not mean somebody will be a good mayor or be a good steward of money. That does not necessarily mean that. I understand. But I feel like he honestly thought that being mayor would be something different. I think that he thought being a city councilor was pretty easy. I think he had certain thoughts of what the mayor's job would be, and I feel like he got in office, and it's not been anything like he thought it would be, and I feel like he's in over his head, and he is doing everything that he can to tread water. But everybody knows, like, when a person is drowning, they say that a drowning victim can a lot of times cause other people to drown, and I feel like that's what's happening to us. Not only is he not treading water and he's sinking, but he's taking us with him because of a lot of the things that he does. And a couple of those things that he does is, one, not living up to his campaign promise, which is really... Uh, pretty simple, and it should be something that he should be able to do well, but he he just doesn't for one reason or the other. <clears throat> I don't know. I think I think you're giving this next Muncie group way too much credit because I've lived in Muncie my whole life, and I don't know who they are. And <laughs> they, they sound, from what you're telling me, and believe me, listeners, I do not get all of my information from Chris, Chris Bilberry. <laughs> um, they sound like a double-edged sword. Like uh, yeah, it sounds yeah. like this type of group could be great because I, when you say, well, they haven't run, I don't necessarily think everybody that's yeah. good at something should run. You're like, right. If they're great at being, you know, the president of, of ball state or the CEO of ball brothers or running ball hospital, then we need those, 
those people in those roles that are good at those things. So please, if you are good at what you're doing <laughs> right, and what doing you're it. doing is good for the community, yeah. don't decide that you want to run just because you're good at your current job. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so having those types of people in, you know, semi-constant or constant communication with our government is not a bad thing. When they become the government, um, not officially, or they begin paying the government in some way, shape, or form, cough, cough, former administration, cough, cough, <laughs> then that's when it becomes a problem. Do you work for next Muncie? I feel like I might just need to <laughs> ask you that. No, sorry. Go ahead. I... I'm sorry, like, you can you can be upset with Dan for not knowing what the position was or what have you, but I don't believe for a second that he's doing any type of the shady dealings with Next Muncie or any other group in this town that the former administrations have done. Not buying it, not even a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, I, I look, I, that's the one thing that I've said. I, so I don't, praise, I don't praise Dan for doing just regular run-of-the-mill mayor stuff because I don't agree with giving somebody a raise for doing the bare minimum. If your job is to cook the hamburger five minutes on one side, five minutes on the other, put it on the bun and serve it, if you do that and don't burn the meat, I'm not giving you praise because you're doing your job. I give you praise when you go above and beyond your job. So I'm not praising him for going above and beyond his job because I'm not seeing specific areas where he's going above and beyond. I'm also not praising him for being a great mayor because he's a good Christian. Or I'm not praising him for being a great mayor because he's a good guy and he'll talk to me or he invites me over to his house to play Uno. I am going to... I, nor am I going to... Nor am I going to, you know, um, come after him uh, if he's a bad person. I don't care what kind of person he is. I, I care what kind of mayor he is. I do not believe he's doing anything dirty, shady. I don't believe any of that. My sole issues with him are not living up to what his campaign promises were, which is the improving communication, improving transparency, and improving accountability. And also, really quickly, I do want to say that I can completely understand Dan needing to foster relationships with these various people like Next Muncie and the Y and other businesses. And I can understand the importance of keeping a promise with folks like that. But in Ridenauer's statement on March 30th, where he gave us the quick little excuse for why his statement on the 29th was so weird, in that statement, he told us that he and the Y had realized in February that Tui wasn't right for the project, and he felt he had to keep his promise to the Y. And when I heard that, the very first thing I thought was, you made a promise to the citizens of Muncie first, and I think that you really need to work harder on trying to keep it before you're trying to keep promises everywhere else. I mean, let's just face it. I don't care what promise you made to the Y, okay? And I don't know exactly when you made it. You say February. I don't really believe that. Who knows? But say that's true for a second. Say you did make this agreement in February. On the 18th of March, when you were asked that question, if you couldn't say anything because of a gentleman's agreement or a non-disclosure or whatever... 
you could always have said, hey, uh, I, I, I'm aware of some information. Unfortunately, I, because there are some land deals being talked about, there's this and that going on, I can't really disclose much information yet, but as soon as I can, I will be able to. But he didn't say that. He said, yeah, they're still looking at five properties, two, he's one of them. I don't really know what's going on. I, they'll just let me know whenever, and that's when we'll know. Well, people think that was a weird-ass answer. So do I. I can understand why it got everybody's panties in a bunch. It did mine. But honestly... If they're not going to TUI and they made that decision, announcing that they're not going to TUI long ago doesn't hurt their deal anywhere else. So it just doesn't make sense all the way around what he's saying. But if he thinks that people buy it, I guess that's all that matters. We'll find out here in the next couple days when I get these records. All of this said, I do want to put the massive caveat in here, and you started to talk about this a minute ago. I don't believe he's doing anything illegal. There's a difference between doing something illegal and just doing things that don't live up to expectations. I don't feel like he's living up to his campaign promises, but I certainly don't think he's doing anything illegal. And then that gets into the very sticky wicket where, look, there are people that are running around saying he's doing fantastic, as we mentioned a minute ago just because he's Dan Ridenauer, because he's a good guy. I could give a, a rat's ass less if he's a good guy, a bad guy, whatever. I want him to govern appropriately, and that's what matters to me. I also don't believe in giving medals to people and giving raises to people and patting people on the back for them doing the bare minimum. When you go in to do your job, if you do that job... You don't get something special. You get something special when you go above and beyond. All right? I'm not going to tell you every day, "Oh my god, this you're so amazing. I uh, you you're doing everything that I always thought you would do when you're just doing the job of the mayor. That's what you should be doing. So you're not getting some kind of special round of applause for that. And I don't think it's going to get you into a second term, but I guess time will tell. I mean, I think you have some valid points. I You just wouldn't have moved to City Hall or, wink, wink, moved to City Hall for three days taking pictures and posting it on social media. No, sure wouldn't have. Well, we did get 10,000 more listens on the podcast, and I received about 400 friend requests, so... <laughs> I don't... Um, if you're listening to this, I don't want 400 friend requests. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's make that abundantly clear. Like, I am happy that you are listening to us, but I do not want 400 friend requests on my personal Facebook page. I'll take one for the team. So, wh what do you think about right now? You think he's a one-term mayor? You think he? You think he'll win re-election? What? What do you think? I just, I still, I still think. I'm more of the, you know, his term lasts four years. So let's see what he does in four years. And let's like, let's have a more responsible community too. Like this, this community is so quick to, you know, hold XYZ accountable, but they don't want to hold themselves accountable. And that's like, I'm so sick of that. Just I agree. 
I'm sorry. Like if you don't like something, like I've seen probably, I don't know, half a dozen of my friends on Facebook share the post that says, if you support eliminating the mask mandate, please email the Delaware County Health, Health Department and the Delaware County Commissioners. Here are their emails. Like, how, how many people you think are actually going to do that? Right, right. Very, very But then few. they'll complain when we still have a mask mandate. Right. Yeah. And I just, like, if you're going to complain, then you better have done the work. If you're not going to complain, like, if you don't want the mask mandate, but let's say it sticks around, but you're not going to complain if it sticks around, okay, that's fine. Like, right. then you didn't need to email the commissioners. You didn't need to talk to the health department. <laughs> right. But stop saying that you're going to hold Dan Ridenauer or the city council or whoever accountable if you're not going to hold yourself accountable as a citizen. Because your job as a citizen being involved in politics is not to just sit on your ass and type on your keyboard. That's that's exactly right. And I want to end by saying this. Your job is not to go vote on election day and then tune out. First of all, I'm not somebody that says everybody and their brother needs to register to vote and go vote. If you're not going to take the time to study the candidates and to learn what they're about and to pick the very best person for each office then don't go vote. You need to know who you're voting for before you go to vote. But if you, if you do research and you do go vote, your job is not done then. Now you have to keep up on who won. If your person wins, great. Now you have to make sure they were worthy of your vote. You got to make sure that they're doing what they said they would do and what you want them to do and what's best for the community. And if they are, then if they run again or run for something else, elect them for something else or reelect them for that office. If they're not, then you need to toss them out next time. Don't keep reelecting them. But if your guy or gal doesn't win, then you have to give the person a chance. There's a lot of times where my person didn't win and the person who did, I really ended up loving and then I, I voted for them again for re-election. So, you know, you've got to do the work after that. It, your, your job is not just to go vote. Now, okay, you can bitch. you, know, you got to kind of keep up to date on things like that. This does take a little bit of work. No one said that this is easy. Being involved in politics is not something that you just do uh, from the sidelines. It, it is a contact sport. <laughs> and as Nora Powell would say, it is not for the faint of heart. Nora and, Powell's not wrong. Booyah. Um, all right. You have anything else? I don't believe I do. I'm you glad we were able to cover this. Now you, know, you think I'm a genius um, for no. hanging out at City Hall, and I am certainly not an asshole. Or I am I, certainly an I'm asshole. Not to, I'm not going to commit to either of those. <laughs> well, hey, that's nice. That's okay. That's, that's... <laughs> right. All right. Where can people find you at? Uh, as mentioned, you can find me on Facebook at Amber Green, E at the end of green, but I don't want 400 friend requests, so please don't. <laughs> and uh, you can find my 
business page at a touch of green. Very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another long episode, so we'll get ready to wrap this up quick like. You know where to find me. You can call or text the studio line 765-546-9796. You can email me at khbilbury at gmail.com or find me on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbury or facebook.com forward slash bilbury318. Be sure to share the show with everyone you know. Tune in next time as we are getting closer to episode 150. Maybe we'll do something big. I don't know. Trying to still figure that out. You guys take care. Be safe. God bless. And we'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. See you later. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.